the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of Udison and the Lord Chancellor. And the citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 51. This case focuses on employment law, but rather than concerning itself with one particular labour dispute, the question is actually about the employment tribunals and the employment appeal tribunal in the context of the overall justice system. Previously, if a person brought a case before one of the tribunals, they would be able to do so without having to pay a fee. But this changed in 2013 when the government passed an order that transferred part of the cost burden from taxpayers to the litigants bringing a case. The hope was that not only would this save money for the government, but it would also deter claims that had very little merit or, at the very least, encourage early settlements in such cases. The actual fees were split into Type A cases and Type B cases, whereby Type A cases involved comparatively simple litigation and therefore attracted a fee of £390, while Type B cases involved disputes over things like unfair dismissal, equal pay and discrimination, which are more complicated and therefore attract a larger fee of £1,200. The trade union Unison were opposed to the fees order and brought a judicial review case on the basis that it unjustifiably interfered with the rights of access to justice. It frustrated the employment rights that had been granted to workers by the original parliamentary legislation that also transposed rights under EU law. And finally, it was also argued that the distinction between type A and type B cases was discriminatory towards women and other protected groups. When the case got to the Supreme Court, it is perhaps unsurprising to hear that the justices found unanimously in favour of unison and against the government. In the actual judgment, there is a strident defence of access to justice as a constitutional right that is inherent to the rule of law. If the law of the land is to be applied and enforced, then people need to be able to actually use the legal system. It was held that the government was wrong to see the tribunals as merely providing a service to the public. They are instead an integral part of the justice system, and the first step in the court hierarchy that reaches up to the Supreme Court at the very top. One of the main problems with the order was that the fees were a flat rate and weren't related to the amount of money that was being sought by a claimant. This is an issue in employment law where a high proportion of the claims are only for a small amount of money, or indeed for non-monetary remedies such as an injunction. Independent research that was presented before the court showed the full effects of the fees order as the total number of claims dropped significantly after 2013, and the most common reason given for not bringing a case was the fees involved. This is not surprising as many of the people involved in such disputes tend to be struggling financially, and the evidence shows that if these individuals were to pay the tribunal fees, they would have to make sacrifices in terms of their day-to-day living standards. This is clearly unacceptable as any fees have to be based on their impact in the real world, and so when they force those on low incomes below acceptable living standards, they cannot be considered to be affordable. In fact, even when the fees are affordable, they can still be regarded as preventing access to justice if they make it irrational to bring a claim in the first place. 
For example, if the compensation sought is very little or nothing at all, then it makes no sense to actually make a case unless there is almost a guarantee of success and the award will include the recovery of the original fees paid. While the stated aims of the government for introducing the order are legitimate, the actual means for achieving those ends are not proportionate. On top of all this, the order also contravenes EU law as this guarantees an effective remedy before a tribunal, and so this represents a limitation on the enforcement of EU employment rights. Finally, Lady Hale dealt with the discrimination issue that was raised by Unison, and held that the order amounts to a form of indirect discrimination under the Equality Act 2010. Given that women are more likely to be the victims of discrimination, unequal pay, and other offences that fall within the Type B cases, that attract a higher fee under the order, they are put at a significant disadvantage compared to men. Again, in this respect, the fees order is disproportionate, especially as the fees do not always correspond with the amount of extra work the tribunals supposedly have to do. Beyond this, the higher fees are also not correlated with the merits of a particular case, or the incentives to settle. Overall, this is not too surprising a decision, as I mentioned earlier on in the episode. Admittedly, on the government side of the argument, there are legitimate aims that seek to be addressed in the legislation, and also the order does make some provision for the remission of fees in certain exceptional circumstances. Clearly though, this is not enough to justify the measures that were taken, and do not come close to making the order proportional. The interesting wider point to take from this case is that the justices in the Supreme Court are now beginning to take a harder line on the government's attacks on access to justice. It is not that battle lines have been drawn and there is a constitutional dogfight going on at this stage, but some of the reasoning behind the decision points to the justices appealing to higher jurisprudential principles when approaching a case. Certainly the judgement is grounded in EU and UK employment law, but the fact that Lord Reed begins by citing access to justice as a fundamental part of the rule of law shows that there is a constitutional question at play here, and that the justices are not afraid to make reference to it in their decisions. The attack on access to justice began with the Legal Aid Sentencing and Punishment of Offenders Act 2012, and since that legislation came into force in April 2013, there has been a turf war fought out in the courts as a range of people and interest groups have brought judicial review cases such as the one that we have been looking at today. There are limits on the actions that can be taken by the courts because of the principle of parliamentary sovereignty but there have been victories on both sides. What we have witnessed in this case is a possible turning point as the courts look beyond parliamentary sovereignty and towards the rule of law when the government's exercise of power is especially egregious. This basis for decision-making will not always be viable, but does show an awareness that bigger issues are at stake when handing down a judgement. By no means does this indicate that the government is going to head into a full-scale retreat, but at the very least it may force ministers to think twice before signing off on a piece of legislation that will dramatically impinge on access to justice in the UK. Well, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the UK Law Weekly podcast. Um, Thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. 
If you do get a chance to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, that is always very much appreciated and helps other people to discover it. Also, if you want to find out more, you can check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Marcus Cleaver and also my website at uklawweekly.com. I'll be back soon with another episode, but in the meantime, bye!